Welcome back to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former University of Cincinnati basketball player from 1997 to 1999, and I'm a diehard Bearcat sports fan. I want to thank all the fans out there that have been super supportive of this podcast. And to be very, very honest with you, um, this podcast would not happen if it wasn't for all the fans. Because what happened was I was on Twitter and I was tweeting about the Bearcat basketball program when John Brandon took over. I went to some practices and I was just tweeting out little things that I saw and I had so much engagement that a local media person said, you need to start a Bearcat basketball specific podcast. And um, eventually, hopefully, um, that will lead to some bigger and better things um, in regards to Bearcat basketball information, getting it out to the whole uh, social media world. So we're here. Now, the podcast, the first one, episode one, make sure you go check that out. Uh, we made it first available on SoundCloud, and it will soon be available on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So we'll have everything uh, rocking and rolling. Now, moving forward, we will have some special guests on our podcast. We're not going to have one today because this is an immediate podcast. After the Virgin Island tournament, I wanted to make sure I got in here and I talked to the Bearcat fans about what's going on with this team. But in the future, we'll have some former players. I talked about six or seven former players recently who all want to come on the podcast. Um, I've got a couple folks we haven't heard from for years. Going to surprise some folks. I think we've got some good stuff in store. So next podcast, we'll have our first former player guest on. So let's, let's get right into it. The Virgin Island Tournament. Twitter has been going crazy, and I I think what's happened is the expectations for this Bearcat basketball team have have changed so much since Coach Brandon took over. So Mick Cronin leaves and goes to UCLA, and I think all the fan base thought the team was falling apart because everyone's starting to jump and get into the transfer portal. Guys are leaving, and you know, all that stuff's going on. John Brandon gets the job. Not a lot of people are familiar with John if they're not really in the know with college basketball, and he's at NKU, and it may not be a, a big-time program. So people aren't familiar with him. They're a little nervous. And then he starts landing all these recruits. You know, Jaron comes back. Trey Scott's aboard. Like, you know, he's got all these guys that are aboard and then starts adding these new recruits um, they've got some, you know, good names and good resumes. Now the fan base is getting excited. And John Brandon has a, you know, a different system than what McCronin had. So he plays fast, up-tempo, defensively picking up man-to-man. So the fan base is getting super, super excited. And I think in some ways the, the one thing that needs to happen is you have to have realistic expectations. And some of the expectations for this ball club were unrealistic. Uh, from the standpoint, I saw people you know, tweeting like, hey, this team has the potential to make it to the Final Four, this and that, which I would love to see happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, but we don't know. It takes a while for a new system to be implemented. New guys are aboard. Um, you know, you're, you're synergizing the guys that played before. So there's a lot of things that factor into this. So the expectations up front were it started to become extremely high when they were low prior to. Now, in my first podcast, what I talked about was 
a complete NCAA basketball schedule is broken down into many seasons. You're going to hear me talk a lot about that on my podcast, these many seasons. This Virgin Island tournament is a mini season. Now, you're going to have ups and downs. Some of your mini seasons aren't going to be very successful as you as you hope as a fan and as a coaching staff. You just have to go in and readjust. Now, the Bearcats go to the Virgin Islands, um, play on the first game against Illinois State. And a lot of times I think fans look at the competition, they see the name, they may not be as familiar with the name and think we're just going to, you know, roll over this team and, and beat them very easily. And that's not always the case. So looking at Illinois State, I, I knew you've got to factor in a lot of things. You know, you're traveling, you've got, you know, a, a far distance to go, you know, kids had class, finishing up class, getting on a plane, going out there. The weather's beautiful. There's a lot of distractions. So this is a great opportunity to get away from home, focus in on basketball, and try to hopefully avoid a lot of distractions, but also build some camaraderie and those things that in some ways you might not be able to build at home, playing home games. So I do love that they went to the Virgin Islands. I share the same frustration as all of Bearcat Nation did with that Flow Hoops website that I don't even know what you call it, that try to distribute the games. It was terrible. I ended up getting my money back. I think it was $30 uh, for the month. I signed up for it. Tried to watch the game. It looked like an old Atari game. It's like glitches to it. It was just impossible. And to be very honest with you, I, I really, when I watch UC basketball, especially when they play on the road, I usually do turn off the the, the TV audio and I listen to uh, Terry Nelson and Dan Horde. Mo Ager was in place of Dan Horde, who was back doing the UC football game versus Temple. But Mo Ager and Terry Nelson are doing the game. And honestly, I probably should have just even not even signed up for that website, but just listen to Terry and Mo because I think they did a great job all weekend. And shouts out to them for, for painting a great picture of what's going on uh, during the games. So anyway, don't ever sign up for that Flow Hoops site. That, that was just awful. They gave me my money back, so we're all good there. But let's talk about this Illinois State game. Uh, you know, it, it comes down to the wire. We win 65-66. Um, you know, a win's a win. And, you know, you, you look at certain things as, you know, Jaron didn't play prior to this game, right? So Jaron's back for this game. And you really hope that, you know, Jaron, this, this is a big breakout game. I think Jaron's going to play. You know, I think he played like approximately 33 minutes or something like that. Um, and, and you hope that's the case. And you hope that some of the other guys, you know, happy Jaron's back and everyone's aboard and they kind of take off and we, we blow out Illinois State. But I mean, it was a close game. So I, I looked at it as this was a good test, you know, for the Bearcats, I think. It's a great learning lesson for them in a lot of ways. And, you know, really good coaches will tell you situations like this, they give you great film and great opportunities for teaching moments with your team. And this Bearcat basketball team needs a lot of teaching moments and opportunities to look at film because you got to really think about this. 
And this is where I think a lot of Bearcat fans miss this. During the preseason, Coach Brandon really didn't have a lot of guys that he needed there. Like Jaron was out in preseason, the majority of preseason. Trevor Moore was out with the Achilles. Jeremiah Davenport. So there were a lot of things that factored into, you know, getting these guys in game, elite game shape, getting them used to the system, and getting your system not only in place, but, you know, the system takes a while to get in place. So if you're only 30%, you know, after three or four games, 30% installed of your offense or even your defensive principles, you've got guys that are still further behind because they missed things in the preseason. So all that is is happening. So these moments like Illinois State are, are great games for this Bearcat basketball team to learn for, from. Yes, you have a lot of guys that are returning. Jaron, Keith Williams, Trey Scott, Trevor Moore. I mean, these guys are coming back from last season so you do have some veteran guys but it's a new system you're trying to bring in and get these new guys involved and it's it's not always it's not always easy and it showed uh, versus Illinois State you know I finished watching or listening to that guy I tried watching on it flow hoops anyway I'm still angry about that but I listened on the radio and I'm like man there are moments of brilliance and there are also moments of bad basketball Let's just go ahead and jump into the uh, Bowling Green game because I think that's the game that uh, a lot of people want to talk about, a game that we lose in overtime, 91-84. And there were a lot of issues um, in that game that I think the, the Twitter the Twitterverse went crazy about. Let's talk about the free throws real quick. Uh, free throws obviously are an issue. I think the free throw problem is – it's one of those things where free throw shooting, you could say, okay, they need to practice free throw shooting. That's true. They need to practice free throw shooting and get better. They need to always practice pressure free throws because it's different to practice free throw shooting and then you have pressure free throw shooting in a game. The other piece is who's shooting your free throws? You want to have the ball in the hands of guys that can make free throws or the guys that should be making your free throws. Chris McNeil, 10 for 21 from the free throw line. Um, as your point guard, and I think also as your leader, um, Chris has to do better. Um, I think Chris is a capable free throw shooter, uh, a successful free throw shooter, and he's going to have to be. And that's going to be something that over you know these next couple games that he has to improve on. And he has to be ready to step up and make the important free throw sh shots when he's got the ball in his hands. Um, and, and he's, you know, if, you're, if you really sit there and dissect the statistics, he's obviously the, the biggest culprit of um, the missed free throws. Uh, Jaron, I know, was two for six. And, and, and Jaron's got to shoot, shoot free throws better. He hasn't shot uh, free throws great in just in the past. For as good of a three-point shooter as he is, he needs to be better at the free throw line. The other, the other problem I think this Bearcat basketball team faces is trying to get a better feel for defensively. 
you know, how they're going to finish games. When they play, you know, teams like, you know, Bowling, Bowling Green's a, a good basketball team. Let's, let's not get it twisted. They're a good basketball team. They're not a great basketball team, but they're a formidable opponent. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where when it comes, you, you get a lead like the Bearcats had. You've got to be able to close that game, and that's, that's where your defense steps up. You lock down. You do not let the other team get more than one shot. It's one shot and out. Or you're, you're, you're pressuring them and you're getting turnovers, and that's when a team just folds. So if the Bearcats get the lead, their pressure defense causes the other team, Bowling Green, to turn the basketball over or take a bad shot and it's one and out, then that lead goes from 10 to 12 to 15, then the game's over. And that's, that's still something that this Bearcat basketball team will continue to work on and get better at. They're not there yet. Obviously, they're not there yet. And I think this Bowling Green loss was, was very disappointing to, I think, a lot of Bearcat fans because simple things like free throw shooting, anytime you're, you're up by so many points, you know, we feel like you should win the basketball t- game when you're a better team. And I feel like we're a better team than Bowling Green. But, but I want to address this. Here we go once again with the issue with Jaron Cumberland. And I saw some fans tweeting that, you know, Coach Brandon needs to get off this horse of, of trying to discipline Jaron, let the kid play, blah, blah, blah. Jaron was hurt, folks. Jaron got hurt during the game, had to come out. We had the lead. And, and here's what happens. A coach looks at it, and you're looking at the big picture at a tournament like this. The big picture is you want to be in the championship game versus Nevada, hopefully winning that game. So you have to think about, okay, we're up versus Bowling Green. I think we'll, we'll, if we, we hold defensively, we should win this game. Let's let Jaron kind of heal up. I don't want to force it. Because if you play Jaron when he's hurt and he gets hurt even more, now you're in big trouble as a coach. You know, uh, Saban from Alabama is getting a lot of heat for his quarterback getting hurt. He should have been out of the game. Now, I know, listen, two totally different situations. But my point is, your best player, you have to be very, very cautious with that. So if he doesn't play those last, whatever, seven, eight minutes of regulation, whatever it was, and then he does come back in overtime because Jaron asked Coach Please, please put me in. And, and you got to give Jaron a lot of credit. You know, he wanted to come and help his team, and you, you've got to appreciate that. And Coach Brandon saying, yeah, let's, let's, let's make that happen. But at the end of the day, um, Jaron's injury was a little bit more severe than, you know, I think a lot of people initially had thought because he had to sit out the next game, which is the Valpo game, and we'll, we'll transition into that in a little bit. So you had a lot of people kind of just jumping off the bandwagon, Bearcat basketball, so back to those expectations I talked about earlier, the expectations that this Bearcat team was going to be so good and make it to the Final Four and blah, blah, blah. A lot of fans were on that, which I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm with it, but you have to understand, you're, you're breaking down many seasons, and there are going to be moments of brilliance, and there are going to be moments of bad basketball. The hope is by the time you get to March – there's more moments of brilliance than bad basketball. So putting that Bowling Green loss behind us, you know, the, the thought is, okay, here we go. We're going to play Valpo. Um, 
you know, Valpo, I, I believe, coming in the game was four and two. I believe was their record. You know, a team I think we should we should beat. So I, I think as a fan, you look at it. Okay, let's blow this team out. Everybody feels that much better about a blowout. Okay, now we're headed in the right direction. We're, we're trending up. And once again, um, you know, we were down at halftime. I think thirty-four to thirty was the halftime score. Um, second half towards the end, and we had some some moments in the second half where we did some really really good stuff. But then we get that lead again, and then we blow that lead. Um, we get forced to overtime. Uh, in overtime, we find a way. We find a way to gut out a win, eighty-one to seventy-seven. Now I'm here to tell you, and I'm going to dive into this Valpo game here in a second. But I'm here to tell you, we're going to look back at this Virgin Island tournament. We're going to look back in March, and we're going to look back at this, the results of this tournament. Did this Bearcat basketball team learn from these games, or did they not learn? Did they not grow from this? I think, and I did. I honestly, I didn't think going into this tournament that it was that big of a part of our mini season. Like I said, okay, it, I think it'll be good if we if we go to um, the Virgin Islands and, and win the tournament. I think that'd be great uh, momentum, um, you know, for the team. But I, I didn't realize that there was going to be just there's so many moments that these guys need to learn like for example let's look at these statistics this bearcat basketball team 23 turnovers for the game it's unacceptable poor execution and a, a, a lot of that is there's a lot to go around um, as far as those 23 turnovers. So if you see that statistic, you see 23 turnovers. Well, Trey Scott, he had four. Chris had four. Jaron had – or I'm sorry, Javen had four. Uh, Jaron didn't play. Um, McNeil had four. So, I mean, <laughs> everybody's turned the basketball over. Let me tell you something. When I played basketball for Bob Huggins, Huggins had a rule. His rule was, our basketball team doesn't have more than 10 turnovers a game. Huggins told us, if we keep it to 10 turnovers or less for us as a team, we win basketball games. And during my entire career at the University of Cincinnati, we never lost a basketball game when we had 10 turnovers or less. Let me repeat that. We never lost a basketball game. So Huggins used to write it. He would write it on the board before every single game. That was like a major. Think about that. If you're winning basketball games and one of the primary reasons is you're taking care of the basketball, which means you're giving yourself opportunities to score. You're not giving the other team opportunities for quick baskets. So he wrote that on the board. That was an emphasis every single game. And there were times where if we had over 10 turnovers, you best believe we were running sprints 
big time in the next practice. So they're going to have to figure that out. I think they're going to have to make some adjustments um, offensively. Now, listen, another thing that, that Bearcat fans have to understand, when you take some guys out of the lineup and, you know, like, for example, like Javen. Like Javen comes back. We didn't know Javen was going to come back. So, you know, at one point, Javen's out of the equation for one game. Now he's back in the equation. Now Jaron's out. So you have to – you have to refigure some things. And then you've got guys that, you know, during the game get into foul trouble. And when you look at a guy, I'll be honest with you, Chris, he, he can't get into foul trouble for us. God, what, what, a, what a big pickup he's been for this basketball team. And if there's been one, I think, really bright spot that Coach Brandon has brought over to this program, it's definitely been, been Chris. And a lot of people said they're not sure he could play at this level. He can play at this level, and I think he's going to end up being a very good Bearcat. He's really helped this basketball team. He had 21 points tonight. Um, we've got to keep him out of foul trouble. So a guy like that gets in the foul trouble in the first half at least. That, again, changes your offense because that kid needs as many touches as possible. I think Chris put up uh, 11 shots. I think the second most was Keith Williams. Uh, Trey Scott um, put up 10 shots. So – Chris needs his shot. If he's not in, and then you've got Jay Hurt, our other big guy. Um, Mamadou only plays eight minutes. He hasn't really adjusted to, you know, um, the offense and defense and figuring things out. And I said this before, Mamadou's going to be a good player for the Bearcats. He's still learning a lot of things. So don't, you know, don't get lost on Mamadou. He's going to be fine. It's going to take him some time. So I think offensively with, with, you know, guys out and having to change some schemes. Uh, that messes up some offensive flow, efficiency, and that leads to a lot of times your turnovers. Uh, free throw shooting. Uh, free throw shooting was was better tonight for sure. I mean, anything was better than 31 for 55 versus Bowling Green. I mean, that's, I mean, that's really bad. If you could point to – I mean, listen, they make free throws. They win that basketball game versus Bowling Green. That wasn't the only reason they lost. If they play defense, they win that basketball game as well. The other thing, think about this. This Valpo game was big for our young guys. I mean, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, Micah Adams-Woods really stepped up this game. I think he did some great things. He played about 18 minutes, um, had 10 points. Um, I was very, very impressed. I told you from baseline to baseline, that kid can push the basketball. He's going to be a good Bearcat for us. Um, Zach Harvey. Zach Harvey played 27 minutes. I think he only had three points, but defensively, I think he did some really, really nice stuff. It was really good to see Zach Harvey um, get some time and get some minutes. I would like to see Jeremiah Davenport also get some minutes because – when you got a guy like Chris McNeil who played 27 minutes tonight, when you got a guy like him who is your leader, um, he had four turnovers. I don't think he had a great game um, when he's struggling a little bit. Now you've got a guy like Mike Adams-Woods who's now confident that he can step in when Chris is either in foul trouble or not playing well. He can lead this basketball team. So from, from my perspective – there were a lot of great things that you can take away from this tournament. Um, the young guys stepping up. They found they can win without Jaron and gut it out. And listen, we need Jaron Cumberland to be a very good basketball team. We need Jaron playing at a high level. I believe Jaron will get there. I believe this basketball team will get there. 
And fans have to understand this. And I, I don't mean to keep like like I'm like I'm going at the fans or anything, but and, and listen, we have a great passionate fan base. I'd rather have a passionate fan base than have, you know, fans that don't care at all. Like, you know, we get on Twitter last night. I'm having um, dinner last night with a couple buddies, Stu and Jay, who are helping out with this um, podcast. So shout out to them. And uh, Jay ordered French toast and uh, sausage link and um, scrambled eggs. And Stu, I think he ate them before the shot clock went off. He ate them so, so fast. He's smiling while he's cutting his French toast. But but Jay, we, we were looking at Twitter last night, and Jay's he's reading off some tweets to me. He's like, l- l- re- listen to this. And But listen, the, the, the one flip side to that is we've got great passionate fans. I'd rather have that than not have fans at all. But now we have to talk these fans off the ledge like it's not all bad. Six games into the season, we're not over. Like this team isn't broken, a mess. It's part of a process. I can tell you, sitting here, I played on Bearcat teams where we did not start off very well. We started to come along. And each part of those many seasons, we started to get better and better. Until the end, we started to put it together. Every Bearcat basketball team that I played on during my career, at some point, we were either number one in the country or top five at some point. When we beat Duke, we weren't considered one of the best teams in the country. That tournament really helped take us to the next level, and it was a process. So I'm telling fans, I trust, I have faith in not only this team, but also this coaching staff, Coach Brandon is a great basketball mind. He's going to do great things for this program. And when we get to March, we're going to be a better team in March than, you know, people want us to be, like, great or really good in November. It's not the case, folks. We've not been – I wouldn't even say we've been good thus far. I think we've been okay to a little bit below that. But I see some areas where, man – We are getting better as a team. So let's look at this Virgin Island tournament and take away some of the bright spots. And that is our young guys really stepped up. Um, We gutted out two victories. We, you know, we should have, if you really look at it, we should have won two games to start and played Nevada. And then whatever happens, happens. Nevada looks like they're a pretty good ball team this year. But you have to look at the bright spots and take those away and say, how can we get better at those? Because the issues that I think we faced and the problems that occurred in the Virgin Islands are things that we can fix. The turnovers, those can be fixed. The free throws, I think we can get better at that. And you, as a fan, you have to look at it from that perspective. You can't. We've got the players to do it. I would be more concerned if we didn't have the players to do it. I don't know if you guys remember when Mick Cronin took over the Bearcat basketball team after Coach Huggins was fired, Andy Kennedy left and went to Old Miss. Do you remember Mick Cronin's first team? Cedric McGallan, Ronald Allen, Brandon Miller. He did not have a roster of guys that could compete at a high level. So 
there was a lot of patience we needed with that team. A lot of patience. I'm telling you, this team has the players and has the capabilities. Okay, so that's not the issue. I think they can fix all these things. So let's not jump off the ledge so quickly, Bearcat fans. Let's stay aboard because the next part of this mini season is coming up. UNLV, Vermont, and Xavier. And I just want to touch really quickly on those three. So the, the way I look at it, now I just want to preview this a little bit and then uh, dive in, in another podcast, but I think these three games can completely change the – I mean, think about this. Where the fans are right now with this Bearcat team after the Virgin Islands could be totally different if we turn around and the Bearcats beat UNLV, beat a good Vermont team, and beat a number 19 Xavier team who just lost to a top team in the Florida Gators in the big-time crosstown shootout at the Centos Center. Oh, man, it's a different conversation. So Coach Brand and the staffs now focus needs to be on these next three games, beating UNLV which I think is a, is a beatable team. It's at our place. I think Vermont's a beatable team. It's at our place. We need those fans coming out, being loud. I think the guys, the players need that. They need that fan base to, to show them some love. I mean, there were fans out there in um, the Virgin Islands, but nothing like being home in Fifth Third Arena. Um, we have, a, I think, a tremendous home court advantage in the new arena. So if we can possibly get those two wins, UNLV and Vermont, which I think will be tough games, going in the Crosstown shootout, we get a little more confidence. Man, you never, never know. It, it could change this entire season. I mean, you're going to have these I, – I, I told Jay this. Let's save some of those tweets of the fans who kind of gave up already. And, and I, listen – I appreciate those passionate fans. I, I can't say that enough. But it's too early to give up. Six games is not a big enough sample size to talk about an entire season. Look at University of Kentucky. They lose to Evansville. They come out, and they had two games after that where they played so-so. Think about UCLA. They lose to Hofstra. Louisville, who I think has a good basketball team, they were on the ropes first. Akron. These teams are going to be better come March. So stay aboard the process. You know, I think we're going to be fine. Okay. Man, I had to get a lot off my chest here. Man, Twitter had me fired up. See what y'all do to me? So let me talk a little bit about uh, the future. I'm really, really excited um, about the former players that, that all want to come on, on the podcast and talk to me. I want to find out what they're doing now. Um, I do have my first former player uh, lined up. I'm not going to say who it is. You guys don't have to stay tuned. That will be on the next podcast. And then from there, I have about five other folks lined up. And the other thing I want to do is I want to engage with the fans. I want to get some diehard Bearcat fans on this podcast as well. So we're going to make that happen. I want to sit down and talk with these fans or, you know, have them call in or whatever we need to do and hear what their thoughts are. Um, and there's one, there's a couple people that go to Bearcat games. There's one lady, she's been a season ticket holder, her and her husband for over 30 plus years. 
They go to so many Bearcat basketball games. Those type of people deserve to be on this podcast because they're such faithful Bearcat fans. So we're going to have fun with this. This is this is going to be a fun podcast. It's going to grow. We're going to keep adding former players. We're going to have some different perspectives um, and just content that I think um, you know Bearcat fans you know need to hear. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Let me give that to you again. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore M-E-A-C-H-A-M. All right, that's, that's good. I'm good. I got things off of my chest. I'm, 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 ready, to go to, I'm ready to go to bed. Oh, I can't go to bed. I got to watch the rest of my Rams. I'm a Rams fan, so I got to watch the rest of the – oh, man, I think the Rams are down. They're losing. I think they're losing to the uh, the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's too good. He's too good. But anyway, um, I appreciate everybody listening. And once again, I appreciate the support. That first episode really took off, and that just goes to show me we have some really, really loyal fans um, in Bearcat Nation. I really appreciate you all. Hopefully, you keep listening, and I'm gonna keep tweeting. And I want you to tell me what you want to hear, who you want to hear on this show. And uh, I'm going to do my best to deliver that. Once again, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham. And I'll be checking back in with you next week.